This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's good! It's good! It's good! It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. We'll take you to the places most fans never go. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, Hakeem drops the ball, turn, picks a flow, and touchdown. Hell is frozen over of the 2022 season. It is going to be covered by the Saints for a touchdown. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. Welcome in to this special edition, this live bourbon mailbag of Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak, WWL Digital Sports Producer, alongside WWL Saints Sideline Reporter Steve Geller. And we found we had a lot of questions that we wanted to get answered, so we wanted to do a live mailbag. We've been we've been streaming, and we've collected all of these questions on YouTube. So we're gonna we're gonna answer them as we go down. Kind of a kind of a live. Uh, a live fire exercise, and uh, we've only been drinking a little bit, but it's but, but we're gonna we're gonna let it happen. Uh, Jerry over here, we're back. He's always excited. I love this guy. He's here every night, every time we stream. He's right here. He's always got something to say. He's always really nice to me, and I appreciate that. I was gonna uh, say definitely sure appreciate it. Nice that subscribe button wherever you get your podcast. Five stars. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. I really do appreciate reviews. You know, I, I can't say enough how helpful it is because we're doing this podcast. We don't know what it is that we don't know. We don't know if we're doing stuff that's annoying you. We don't know if we're doing stuff that you like, that you want to get more of. So if you, there is that and you want to let us know or you want us to fix something, if you think my voice is annoying, I, I don't know what I could do about that, but I'll, I'll try. They're just going to click I'll off leave that. Comment, leave a review. And without further ado, let's go, let's go to my first question, which I find really kind of funny, is um, <laughs> would you all send a 504 and co... 504 company, would y'all send the Jets a sixth or a seventh rounder for Quan? Now, if the Saints wanted Quan Alexander, they would have signed Quan Alexander. <laughs> I mean, they, they had every opportunity. They chose not to. And I, I don't I don't know. Maybe they just waited too long and now they got they're doubting themselves. So they're gonna send the package some picks over to, to the Jets. Yeah, I, I I think maybe they were they were trying to wait it out, and they maybe they thought he would just still be there. But they've already traded for Quan once. I don't think they're going to do it again. I don't know if I've ever seen the team trade for the same player twice. <laughs> be I think fun. that would be that might be a first in the NFL. I don't know if that's ever happened. Um, but I will say no. I do not think the Saints would send a draft pick to the Jets, who just signed Quan. They want him. Uh, for for Quan Alexander, I don't see it. the Jets did let the Mario Davis go twice, but it wasn't one was free agency, and the, obviously they had drafted him. Yeah, but they didn't trade for him. No, no, but I'm just saying they let him go twice, which is ridiculous to me. 
Yeah. And I like Quan. I, I don't understand why Quan keeps getting into the offseason without a contract. It's so strange. Um, but I think everybody's obviously just is concerned with his history of in- injuries. And, you know, he's not going to last you an entire season. And the fact that he put, he, he lasted, he, pre- he was pretty durable last year. He went into the offseason healthy. His, his performance on the field, maybe it gets too much credit then for where, where it actually is. I think. And his, you think so? Yeah. And I, th- I definitely think he's a great, another, another great voice for the locker room. Obviously part of that juice boys legendary able to hype up guys. And I was really amazed when he came to this team, it was like immediately it seemed like there was this bond already with him. Like so many guys, uh, I don't want to say followed, but they definitely kind of looked up to him. I think that, you know, if you wanted to make an argument for why the Saints should have brought him back, it's because he and Demario Davis vibe as well as any two linebackers can vibe. And this is a team that plays, you know, 90, 93% of its snaps out of the nickel. When Demario because you want to get that, CJ on the field. When Demario so, had that reference of dude, where's my car with Quan yes. Alexander? That was the be all end all right there. They should have got the tattoos. That would have been funny. <laughs> um, but, you know, this is a team that plays a majority of its snaps, a vast majority of its snap out of the nickel. So, you know, you only need two linebackers. And I I understand why you you wanted to get Pete Werner on the field and you wanted to give him that opportunity. And then I think that's what it ultimately um, you don't want to bring Quan back. And maybe this is what this is what led Quan to want to go elsewhere. Is I don't think you want to bring Quan back and say you're backing up Pete Werner. I don't think that that's what Quan wants to do at this point in his career. And that might have been the the hurdle. Nobody was knocking down the door either, obviously, for Quan Alexander. Or Kiko Alonso, apparently, who showed up for one day, looked like Thor, and then retired <laughs> like that. Thor. I'm done with this. I'd never play football again. <laughs> I thought that was a good joke. You didn't laugh at it. <laughs> He's like, I need to go back and... Uh, to Asgard? Yes. Play Fortnite, drink beer. Fortnite, uh, it w- not our it w- sponsor. Uh, we, we did we did comment on two. It was odd seeing him in the same number as Alex Anzalone and having that hair flowing out the helmet. But now that that's gone too. We don't have another Thor in in the, in the linebacker. He was even wearing forty seven. It was it was kismet. Um, but moving on. No, I do not think the Saints are going to trade for Quan Alexander um, after trading for him once and then not signing him. There's a chance. Hey, what if he doesn't make the Jets roster even? You're drunk, Steve. What, you, okay, you, moving on. We got. We, we got. We, we, we only have so much time. Before? We can't infinitely talk about Quan Alexander. We got to move on. We have other questions. This I'm one, just from, it's, it's possible he doesn't even make the Jets. Yeah, you keep saying that, but we're not talking about that anymore. We're talking about Murtis Lockett. She has a question. Okay. She even tagged it. She even like put a put a header in there. It says mailbag question. What a what a champ. Could Taysom Hill be the Saints MVP at the end of the season if he remains healthy? Yes, he could be, and the reason is. We have not seen Taysom in this do-it-all role since, what, 2018? Since he was blocking a punt, running for a touchdown, catching a touchdown against the Falcons on Thanksgiving? You know, like, that's really the last time we saw do-it-all Taysom when he came in against the Vikings and was the unstoppable player in the playoffs, and then they gave Drew Brees the ball, and he fumbled immediately. Like, that's the last time we saw Taysom Hill in this Swiss Army knife role and I'm excited about it. I think that that was that's what really got me excited about Taysom Hill. It wasn't him being a quarterback. I understand why he wanted to get his shot. I understand why 
Sean felt obligated to, to give him that opportunity, but that is just not what makes Taysom special. And what makes Taysom special is, is doing things that you can't defend and making the defense uncomfortable at all times. And if he's healthy and he's able to get through the season, yes, he could score 10 to 12 touchdowns in the right circumstances. I think he is going to be a player that we're talking about by the end of the season as a fantasy dynamo because he's scoring week after week after week. You know, he's not going to put up the crazy yardage numbers, but he's going to he's going to vault your touchdowns like an animal. And I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully he can get back on the field. I feel like we're turning into a uh, uh, Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp or whoever kind of show because I, I'm, you're you're like on the whole positive end of the spectrum here. A positive and guy. I, I guess I'm taking more of the negative approach where because I'm, I'm more concerned about uh, the age and the injury history of Taysom. We, we just got him back from the Liz Frank injury and everyone was happy for the start of camp. And then boom, the next day we found out he's got a rib injury and it, it's great seeing him working off to the side, but another guy that I, I'm kind of wanting, I wanted to see him in action and training camp and back in this Swiss army knife role back as this contributor on special teams and, and not with the red practice Jersey on focusing on quarterback, but yeah, the, the injury history that that's the big one right there. If he remains healthy is the huge question mark right there, just because of what we, we we've seen with him at the past. And we know even his, uh, had a history of concussions uh, as well. Hopefully, you know, he can stay on the field this year. I'm not obviously uh, <laughs> wishing anything against Taysom. I just worry about a 32-year-old being able to last in this league uh, considering the injury history he's had already. And we're not, we didn't even get started and he already busted his ribs. Yes, but again, as I pointed out, I think that was more about Taysom what? Not, I think that what really, I genuinely think what happened with this rib injury is Taysom forgot that he's allowed to get hit now, right? And 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 well, we weren't even we weren't even in full pads. But that's if they were wearing pads, he wouldn't have got a rib injury because his ribs would have been protected by the pads. That's what I'm saying. I think he'll be fine. I'm more worried about his foot. I'm worried about his head. His ribs, yeah. He only needs, I mean, you have so many. You, only, you don't need them all. I, I just think that Taysom Hill, when used in the correct way, when used in the way that he was initially deployed by the Saints, is an unstoppable force. And if you're going to do it the right way, he. and the question was, can he be the Saints MVP? And I'm telling you, if Taysom Hill, you know, has 500 yards receiving, you know, 200, 300 yards rushing and scores eight, nine touchdowns, which I think is reasonable if he's deployed in the way that he should be deployed, which is, you know, QB power in the red zone. Um, you know, just a guy who's going to get rushing attempts, he's going to line up in the back, he's going to line up all over the formation, play 17 games, you know, maybe, okay, 15 probably. He's going to get hurt at some point. He always does. Uh, uh, I'm not saying pump, he, he necessarily will pump, be. Pump block, field goal block, obviously. Can, well, right, right, right. And you're there. also talking about, you know, the eight, nine touchdowns might be unrealistic, but I'm saying, like, he's going to get so. touchdowns. I, yeah, I don't think that eight, nine is unrealistic at all for Taysom. It, back in that role of being the Swiss Army knife, especially right. that, that and QB if he blocks power punts, in the red zone is un, almost unstoppable. You know? I, I mean, I, I love Taysom, and I've always been a huge fan of Taysom. I never wanted him to be the starting quarterback, but I'm just such a huge fan of, like, how hard he plays and the fact that he's willing to do anything. And, you know, so that's, that to me, a most valuable player. We're not talking about the best player in the world. We're talking about the most valuable player. I think he could be that. Okay. You disagree, and that's fine. You're wrong. We'll move on. <laughs> 
Next. Okay, this isn't really a question. Well, I guess it is a question. My wide receiver lineup is a Jerry, the OG, Pore Jr. His wide receiver lineup, Thomas, wide receiver one, Olave, wide receiver two, Landry, wide receiver three, Deontay Hardy, wide receiver four, Marquez Callaway, wide receiver five, Aesop Winston Jr., wide receiver six. Your thoughts? Um, I'm curious, what about Aesop, cousin Winston, has has gotten you excited? Um, I think he he has some special teams potential. I think he, he's a decent returner. But, you know, the Saints brought in a special teams ace to to back up Deontay Hardy, who I think they probably don't want to pay. We, like we were talking about CJ. Uh, I think Deontay is a guy they, they probably don't pay. Um, so I don't know about Aesop. What do you think, Steve? Uh, immediately to me, I actually would have Traquan ahead of Callaway. And yeah, Traquan's not on Jerry's list. No, and surprisingly, he is on mine because I've I've been a Traquan doubter, I guess, just because of his injury history and the lack of consistency we, we've seen from him when he has played. But I, I got to give it to him. I think he's had a pretty decent camp so far. And right now, I would say he's he would be my wide receiver four ahead of Callaway. But other than yeah, that, I, I mean, I, I understand. Like, I think I think Aesop has the the familiarity element, but I I mean, I'm putting Traquan ahead of him. I think Traquan. No one wants to talk about it, but he's had a very good camp, and he does things that other wide receivers don't want to do or don't excel at, which is block. You know, we dirty work we, for we sure. Talk about the receiving. We talk about all this, but receivers got to block too, and he does it as well as anybody. And that's more than any other reason. That's why he's on the roster. We talked to him. Uh, or I talked to him uh, like a few days ago, uh, maybe it was last week. And I asked him, like, what is your goal? What is your biggest goal this camp? And he's like, they get through it healthy, right? And I think that was a great answer. And it's true. Like he he recognizes this. He has not been healthy. And I think if he gets through it healthy, he's going to be on that list right behind Callaway. Um, if we're going in on, I, I don't, I haven't seen anything from Aesop that's gotten me really excited. The guys who I've seen stuff from that I've been excited about, Kirk Merritt. Definitely. Been really good. And I don't know if he's going to make this roster, but I think he's going to make an NFL roster. I think he would have made this roster last year if you know if if he was on if he was competing in camp last year, he's making that team because he's been that good. Yeah, I agree with you with the fact that though it's gonna, it, it's really tough with this roster, obviously, just because those offseason additions really changed the whole makeup of this this wide receiving core. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, Marquez has not impressed me. I, I think that if I had to pick a guy who was disappointing in camp, it would be Marquez. And because it, it's because I expected him to take a step forward and he just can't get separation. And it's something we saw last year. And he makes some incredible catches, but I think it's because he has to make those incredible catches. I was Another guy, Dejon Dixon, I've been impressed with. I think he's going to be a solid player. And then, yeah, Traquan, Dejon Dixon, and Kirk Merritt all have an argument to go ahead of Aesop. So I, I, I don't think that, I don't think he's the guy. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, you were mentioned with Callaway, and for me too, I've seen 
the physicality, the able, the ability to high point the football, but there's been no, there's still not that separation issue, which was obviously a, a, an, a, a problem last year that just, I, I don't know how you, you work on that either. <laughs> yeah, how do, how do you that. get better separation? I thought this comment was funny uh, from T Dirty. He's got he's got he's got jokes. T Dirty's got jokes. He says Traquan's on my list, my list. Yeah, we just threw that out there. I'm yeah, I get it. I, I understand totally. But you can't ignore what he's <laughs> what he's he's done for on the you field know, so far. And I, I think Traquan gets a bad rap because it's like he's hurt all the time. But you know, there, it's not an effort thing. He's working. He's trying. You know, and he's had big games. I think that's that's why I'm I'm more susceptible to Traquan hype than some others because I think that it's he's he's had a low key big number of big games. Like you, there's a lot of Saints players out there that you have high expectations for, but haven't really done anything to like uh, solidify them. Trey has had a ten catch game. Trey, Trey had a monster game against the Eagles his rookie season. Trey had a big game against Washington. He caught that long touchdown from Breeze that set the record. Trey yep. had a monster game in uh, week four of the 2020 season against the Lions. Remember, everyone was out. Both cornerbacks were out. The Saints were down 14-0. I think uh, Breeze threw a pick six or an interception on the first drive. And Traquan is the guy who sealed that game. He got two touchdowns. He got a massive third down conversion late in the game. And he had a big game in week 17 last year or week 18 last year. When the Saints needed to win that game, we can we we can talk we can let it go because they didn't make the playoffs. But that was a must-win game, right? right? But the Saints didn't know that they weren't going to make the playoffs when they were playing it. So like that was a huge game in that moment. And you know, for a while it looked like they were going to make the playoffs. And he had a big game. He had an incredible touchdown catch in that game. So you know, I think that Trey has if he can be healthy, right? If he can get through training camp healthy, I think he has a spot on the roster. And I, I mean, we just did this with Taysom Hill, and that's that's obviously the big question. That if you can stay healthy, and obviously, uh, definitely more than with Taysom Hill, we've seen that inability with Traquan Smith. Uh, the the bigger problem, the big another big problem though, was the fact that when he did play, you mentioned the big games, but there was also times he just disappeared and had maybe a catch or two in the contest. Yeah, and I, uh, Jay Jay Black here he makes a good point, which is give a rookie a chance, which is, you know, you know that's why I I do I agree with that. I think that there is merit in getting somebody somebody on your roster, a young player. And I know I said merit, and that's the guy that I think if you're trying to give a rookie a chance, give a young guy a chance, it's Kirk Merritt. Um, and I that was a that was a pun that didn't work, but hey, I, I think it works to some extent. Um, we have one more question here that I wanted to. I want to get to, which is <laughs> he doesn't like Trey, <laughs> and that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I, I can't find it, but someone said uh, the writing's on the wall for Deontay, which is essentially they're saying that Rashid Shahid—that's the guy you're trying to think of. He is the guy at a Weber State. He's been trying to get healthy and get on the field, but I, no, and I do think that there's that that that, that is warranted. When you're talking about Deontay, you're talking about a returner. You're talking about a guy who has been very um, valuable, but has been hurt in in a lot of key moments. And his return um, numbers were down last year. Yeah, and you have to, and it's like you want to get him on the field, but you also need to you need to constantly be, you know, taking care of his snap totals, taking care of his durability, and 
you know, he's going to want to get paid. And I just don't know if, if that, that position is valuable enough where you pay it. And that's why you bring in Rashid Shahid, who, you know, I don't think he's going to, you know, he might be stashed on the practice squad, but you know, that's, that's planning for the eventuality that Deontay is out of town. That's hard for me to, to, to stomach right now, just because we haven't even seen the guy practice. I mean, we've seen more from special teams from Aesop Winston Jr. than I have from uh, Rashid Shahid. I, I recommend that anybody who does not know about Rashid Shahid goes and looks at his college tape because the guy is a stud returner. I mean, he's incredible. And, like, you bring him in for a reason. Um, and, I mean, I don't know if he's going to do anything in the NFL, but I, I trust the Saints' ability to go find a returner. I mean, <laughs> I mean yeah, they're pretty I, good I know, at but it. I'm just saying, like, to say that he's replacing Hardy right, right now is kind of – it's just hard for me to do just because I have seen nothing – at practice right now. Oh, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying he's going to replace replace Deontay this year. I'm just saying when you get into the off season and you're talking about okay, how much how much are we willing to pay Deontay? Um, I think you're going to find out that at a certain point it is uh, it is tough to pay a returner in a league where you really don't return that many kicks. Yeah, and and, and it's not the fact that you know he's not hasn't been. He's been good, but he hasn't been like Devin Hester returning balls constantly to the house. Obviously, his his rookie year, he earned All-Pro honors. Uh, last season, though, was it, it was just okay. It wasn't anything impressive, but that was the entire team last year as well. Uh, there, there were just – there wasn't anything standing out anywhere. No, no. And uh, you know, we kind of got off, off the rails there. But no, I, I think that I, I would – to answer the question – my thoughts are that Aesop Winston is not the the, the guy that you're gonna that you're gonna see make that final roster spot, um, but you know we'll have to see. We'll, obviously, we're gonna learn that's on the preseason. That's a good question too. Is though how many how many receivers are they gonna keep? I think they're gonna keep six. That's my. You have I think to. There's, I think there's five receivers that you have to keep and one receiver that you got to make a decision on. Um, but let's let's move on. We have a question. What are the what's the feeling around linebacker DeMarco Jackson? His injury is undisclosed, but does it feel like it's a significant injury? Is it an injury at all? I it's I think he's dealing with an injury. Um, a lot of guys didn't practice on Saturday. It was a you know the first day or the last day before day off, and I think you're just trying to you're trying to find a way to get keep people two days off so they can kind of recover. Like Zach Bond wasn't dealing with an injury, but he wasn't out there. Um, then there were guys like, you know, Smoke Monday, Kiko Alonso. They were not out there, and they're not going to come back. Jaleel Johnson also went on IR, so he's not going to come back. But I think DeMarco, you know, it, it is concerning anytime you see a rookie, you know, especially, you know, a fifth-round pick who's not guaranteed to make the roster. You know, you've seen the Saints draft a guy and cut them before. And, you know, so it's – I think he will make the roster. I think that they they took him in the fifth round because they, they have faith in him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the – the longer he's out, you know, it, three days isn't anything anything major. You know, Peyton Turner missed two days in week two, and then he came back and wasn't the worst for wear. So I think you're just kind of playing it safe with guys. This, What I've seen from this new training staff is they are not afraid to just pull a guy out of practice. You know, they are not going to send somebody out there that they don't think is healthy or that they don't think is in the right condition or that they don't think is ready to practice. We've seen it with Marcus Davenport. We we heard from Mickey the day before camp started that Marcus's only issue is conditioning. It's been two weeks. 
still haven't yeah, seen it. There's definitely I don't I don't know if it's a different NFL or just the Saints, but I feel like it's a different NFL where it's it's more about taking the time with players to getting them back to where they're you know they're close as you can be to a hundred percent because I know it's it's hard to say anyone's ever a hundred percent in the league, but uh, the old the old mentality of trying to get guys back as as quickly as possible if you're tough enough or you know uh, man enough to get back on the field that's not the case anymore. No, and and, and I still think that you know Demarco he's been working with the the second and third team he's been working you know alongside the Caden Ellis's of the world and. Andrew Dowell. He's been working alongside Andrew Dowell. So DeMarco has been working at the mic. Andrew has been working at the will. And so I think that, you know, they, they're pairing him with Andrew Dowell. And I think that's telling because Andrew has always been the special teams guy since he's been, right. here. he's been the guy who makes an impact in that role. And I think that they're, they're having him follow Andrew Dowell around because they want him to be, you know, the image of Andrew Dowell in the sense that on special teams, he's doing all of the things that you want to see out of a rookie. Um, and so I think you see him make the roster. And I think there's going to be a lot of guys like DeMarco who make the roster specifically for, for special teams. And, you know, if if his injury was significant to the point that he's not that you're worried about it, he could go on IR. And uh, I don't I don't think that that's going to be the case. So I think Eric Wilson's a guy, too, to watch out making the linebacker spot, obviously, uh, just because of uh, that veteran experience that uh, he's been in the, in the games before, knows what he's yeah, doing. 122 tackles a couple of years ago. Exactly. With the Vikings. Although we did see the state of that Vikings defense and Alvin Kamara wrote him for six touchdowns in a game. So it's hard for me to take that 122 tackle season seriously. Like look at it this way. If you're allowing a first down every, and then you get a tackle and then they get another first down and then you get a tackle. There's a lot of tackles to be made. So the, the, the tackle number is not always an indicator of, of good football. It's just, he's the guy who ends up getting there. And I do wonder, I, I do wonder about Eric Wilson. I think that he's been getting, he's been getting some first team reps, um, but they've been really aggressive about, you know, they brought in Joe Schobert for a tryout. They brought in Kiko Alonso. It doesn't indicate to me that they're super comfortable with the linebacker room. So, and I, and I think they are comfortable with, with Demario and Pete Werner. So it's someone under that level that they're not comfortable with. And I think, uh, Eric Wilson is the, the name where you kind of wonder whether that's the guy that they're kind of shaky on because I think Andrew Dowell is, is safely on this roster as a special teamer so I'm not sure about it. Where's it? Knob Creek if you want it. I think I'm drinking Bullet. I have a decanter so I don't even know what it is. Uh, we have, the bottle's gone. It's just in, in the thing. Oh, I'm going with Basil Hayden. That's my, oh, my go-to. Okay. Well,